your sporting news, reviews and previews. This is the Sports Desk. Good evening, Melbourne, and welcome to the Sports Desk on your Friday evening. I'm Sam and Hennett back with you with an amazing weekend of sport to preview. An amazing couple of days. Australia has just hit a new kind of excitement with the Women's World Cup uh, starting last night and underway. There's a fever in town and plenty of sport to get through. Uh, beside me is Mr. Jason Evans. Good I evening like to you. intro, Sam. You Good like evening that? to you. <laughs> yes, it's about time we updated it with uh, some of the stuff that's happened because um, what in the 2023 past? we've had, it's been great. <laughs> it's and, been uh, great. Man, what a week. <laughs> it's insane. On the Zoom line, however, Sam. Yes, joining us now, and hopefully <laughs> this will sound all right, uh, Mr. Jerry, who's, uh, I think, resting and recovering. Uh, good evening to you. Yeah, hi. How are you going, mate? I'm just icing the quads for tomorrow's states. Okay, so, you, so talk us through. You're in a, a state uh, champions for running. Is that what you said? Yeah, yeah. So it's a cross-country championships tomorrow in Bandura. So it turns out there's a massive field of 70 because it's all schools as well. So half of the kids will be running for like their respective schools and half will be running for their clubs. So there'll be a stacked field. The goal is just trying to make it to nationals and find the right pack and not go out too hard. Just tactically execute to perfection. All right. The goal for you is to probably finish in the top 15. Is that right, Jerry? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, might have to uh, re-hash um, that top 20 maybe. We'll see. Yeah, we'll get excited for that, Sam. We'll and see. And finally some nice – it's been a nice couple of days, a nice day today. We're, we're getting some perfect winter weather. This is the winter weather I love, blue skies. Uh, so it should be a nice day tomorrow. And uh, I'm back in the team for pub footy as well if we're talking about sporting things. The ad- hey. pub footy adventures yeah, with Sam and Hennett rolls on. <laughs> All right, well, I guess we better get into the news um, and it can't get any bigger than this, can it? Well, no. Uh, no, <laughs> don't know Commonwealth what he's Games to. got cancelled oh, this week. Yeah, I wasn't sure what he's alluding to then. That's okay. Uh, uh, no, it is a shame for Victoria. We're going to lose that. I was really excited, uh, and especially because it was going to be uh, a regional-based um, all around. It would have been massive for the country towns and travelling around Victoria. I thought... That wouldn't have been an amazing thing, but uh, unfortunately it's not going to be no longer and uh, it seems we don't have a place yet for the Commonwealth Games to go either, Jerry. Uh, I know that uh, the Gold Coast have put their hand up if they get some federal funding for it, um, but mm. uh, it's, it's something they need to find. I, I, I know that uh, Birmingham was relocated as well, so this is not the first time this has happened. Yeah. At this stage, I don't think Australia, like in general, might host the Com Games just purely because um, the Queensland Sports Minister Sterling Hinchcliffe said it was an emphatic no on the state holding the games. So, um, re- regarding Tom Tate saying a few days ago that Gold Coast were very interested, if the state minister, state sports minister, is saying no to it, then it's hard to go against that move because they want to focus on the 2032 Olympics. Um, yep. So sadly, Australia may not, you know, get the Com Games. Yeah, I know. That's a shame. Um, was looking forward to it. It's 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 a nice in-between when you're waiting for the Olympics because it's such a long it's time, four yeah. years. So uh, 
Um, I guess we'll have to wait for... Uh, the Olymp- uh, Olympics in the uh, in Brisbane. Yeah, yeah that's uh, 2032, but uh, <laughs> it's a while it's, away. It's quite a while away, <laughs> but at least we do have Paris 2024 to look forward to, and uh, hopefully we've got a that's healthy true. sports desk crew covering that next year. Uh, one final comment I want to make on the Commonwealth Games: West, the sports desk, we're not represent. I understand that, but listening to what the uh, funds that were originally going to go into the games for are now going to be moved into, I say this: make sure you hold them to account. There. Okay. Um, That's as bipartisan as I can make it, Sam. Yep. We're a sports uh, show. Also in the news, Super Netball awards its eighth licence to Craig Hutchison with another privately owned Melbourne team to replace Collingwood. A Melbourne-based owned Craig, uh, by Craig Hutchison's Sports Entertainment Group and expected <laughs> to be coached by Tracy Neville will enter the Super Netball League in 2024. After the Collingwood Magpies opted out of the competition for financial reasons, Netball Australian May opened expressions of interest for a new team to take their place, requiring eight teams to meet its broadcast uh, commitments, with submissions closing on June 20, although with four parties withdrew from the race in the lead-up to that uh, deadline. It was widely reported that Netball Victoria and Hutchinson were the final two left in the running. Uh, and apparently it's going to be based around south-east Melbourne. So, interesting one. Strange headline to read <laughs> when you're scrolling through the news today. But, hey, good to see, you know, eight teams back in the Super Netball. We found a replacement quickly, which is good. I think he's involved in uh, a few sporting teams, Mr Hutchie. Uh, I know he uh, gets along down to the NBL a lot. I think they've got an investment... Um, in one of the teams um, in the NBL. Uh, so interesting. Any stories from you, Jerry, that's popped out? Yeah, just a quick Ashes one. Um, after yesterday's um, bowling innings, so Mitch Stark, he left the field yesterday after diving for a catch um, and he hurt his left shoulder, which is his bowling arm. So we're waiting for um, the Australian uh, test team to make an announcement, but he may not be... Um, playing today or maybe missing the rest of his Ashes test. So that's a huge blow. Um, but we've got cover with Mitch Marsh and Cam Green bowling, but that's still a huge issue because Mitch Sark got the wicket of um, Zach Crawley there as well. So Yep. No, um, we'll, we'll cover all things uh, Ashes um, in the next break, so don't miss that. Um, also, the Tour de France. Where are we at? What stage of that? I know I flicked it on the other night and uh, – I mean, no offence to people that's really into cycling, but I, you I fell switched. asleep, didn't you? No, no, I switched on to the the worst stage. I probably could have switched on to was the time trial. That that was just not entertaining. Oh, right. I want to watch them racing together, not a time trial. That wasn't that wasn't great viewing. Yeah. Um, and then um, just a sidebar, just from that, before you get to my mate, um, who I mentioned many times on, on this, Josh SBS, apparently been doing the Tour de Chef um, or something of the like, and each and. <laughs> He seems more obsessed with the Tour de Chef moments where the chef comes out and does a meal in between the races than the actual races themselves. But uh, good on SBS. They never never failed to fit a bit of cooking in <laughs> into all the content. Um, but go on, Jerry. Tour de France, where are we at? Yeah, so we're heading into the final few stages. So it will end this weekend. Um, right now, if hopefully I pronounce this right, Jonas um, Vingegaard. Um, from Jumbo Visma will be looking to consolidate his near eight-minute advantage over Tadesh Pogacar um, from Team Emirates on the final weekend. So currently he's seven minutes and 52 seconds ahead. So that's a huge lead. The only issue is it could be a very tactical climb towards um, the finish. So that's where the mental aspect works in and 
you know, a few changes could still happen because you got um, a long climb left and, you know, Yates in third spot could come back as well because they're both um, teammates, the second place, Pogacar and um, Adam Yates. So if they both work together, they could um, get Vindegaard at the end. So lots to see. Um, I, I hope Vindegaard can um, maintain this because, yeah, it could blow apart. So it will be interesting to find out who wins on Monday. Yep, no massive. Uh, have you? I know you're going to throw you under the bus here, but do you have anything on the golf tournament? Um, the Australians the over golf there. Golf tournament. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I hope there was some bit. golf um, on as well. Yeah, go on. <laughs> yeah. So currently, um, there's a bit of a carnage apparently. So the home favourite Tommy Fleetwood um, set a blistering place in the British Open. So he made five under par from 66 alongside South African Christo Lambrecht. Um, with the Aussies, there's a few who are struggling. Um, <laughs> there hasn't been much, to be honest, with the Aussies. Um, so <laughs> Jason Day, we all know who's, you know, won a few golf tournaments for Australia. He had a really bad, um, I can't remember what hole it was. It might have been fourth one, but he got a quadruple bogey. So oh, I'm not no. the biggest golf fan, but a quadruple bogey would mean close to 10 shots. So that puts him well back behind the leaders. Um so hopefully the Aussies can come back. So, yeah, it's very early on. Adam Scott, Cameron Smith and Jason Day are still in touch and it's only after the first few days. All right. Well, that's all the headlines for now. When we come back, uh, it will be, uh, well, the Ashes. It's not the greatest day for Australia. No, um, England are on the way back. <laughs> it's um, quite dangerous right now. They might get a really good score and declare so, and bowl us out quite quickly at this rate, but we'll break that down shortly. Yep. All discussions for uh, everything that's going on at Old Trafford, and then we will head to, well, all the action that's continuing on uh, with the Matildas and the Women's World Cup. Um, massive stuff. And then round 19 of the AFL. So it's a big show, uh, and it's well. good to have you with us. <laughs> it's good to have you with us on the Sports Desk on Sin on your Friday evening. And it's time for the Ashes Update. Come on, Aussie, come on. Now, it's not been the greatest start to the uh, third test, uh, fourth test at Old fourth Trafford. Fourth test at Old Trafford, Sam. We're going to need oh. that song played again because they need all the encouragement <laughs> in the world. Pretty much what happened was, and Jerry can jump in whenever he likes to add a little bit of colour to this, but we lost one of our major wickets, the Aussies, into three LBWs. Kawaja went out for three <laughs> via LBW by Broad, Smith for 41 or 52 by uh, uh, Wood, and Labashane 51 or 15 from Ali. In Jerry, one of the most innocuous deliveries in the test, and it led to a dismissal. Yeah, like you shouldn't count out Mo and Ali. I feel like I'm contradicting myself here because the past few tests I was saying Mo and Ali was bowling, bowling pies and all that, but that um, delivery was an absolute peach, um, getting Lubbershane out for 51. And to add on that, Adam, you got Steve Smith out for 41, Head out for 48, Marsh out for 51, 
just no one could make like a big total. Do you reckon that was the issue with the Aussies? There's the odd solid performance from a few. You mentioned uh, uh, Mitch Marsh with 51. Like there's reasonable numbers across, but there's just not mm. that one major uh, damage doer. I guess is the the way I can probably say that. Uh, Travis Head with yeah. 48, and uh, Travis Head was making 48, but from being caught by Joe Root, it was Stuart Broad's 600th Test wicket in his career, which I think makes him the fifth player to achieve that accomplishment. So that's a shame. It happened against us, which is a bit of a shame. Super efficient <laughs> from bowling all round for England on day one with every, each bowler's economy was less than five runs. Uh, works with five for 62. He was the, he was, he just did so much damage that he ramaged through the Aussie batting lineup. Broad with two for 68. Ali one for 65. Wood one for 60. Anderson one for 51. At the end of day one, Australia score stood at 299 for eight, but they were all out for 317 early into day two. And Jerry, it got even worse for them with uh, Crawley, 189 on day two. <laughs> yeah, well, the uh, baseball is certainly, um, you know, making the comeback here because Zach Crawley, he's had a quiet um, English summer, but to make 189 off 182 balls, smashing 21 fours and three sixes, that's just incredible. And he's setting the tone there um, from the opener with England there because um, England haven't made big scores really apart from Stokes. Um, a few matches ago, but with that performance, he's setting the English boys up to, you know, possibly make a huge score and declare on Australia. Um, currently sitting four for 384, not out um, from day two. So regarding Crawley, you also got Duckett um, getting out cheaply for one with Stark um, caught by Kerry. Moan Alley making 54 from 82. That was surprising playing Alley at three. Yeah. And it also Root making another solid 84 off 95. Um, and currently, this is very dangerous here. you got Harry Brook not out for 14. Ben Stokes not out on 24. If those two, they can pile and run very quickly here. If those two make a big partnership, then they could be posting, I reckon, close to 600 by tea time, put Australia to bat before the end of play. And then after that, they might lose a quick, few cheap wickets. So Australia need to, um, I reckon, start with the captain Cummins and See where we go from there. Thoughts, Jason? You're foreseeing England getting to 600 by tea break on day three. Oh, <laughs> you can chicken that. Uh, I might as I might do so. <laughs> Surely, like 500 would probably be the most. Like I can see, I foresee them declaring before they reach, uh, I say, an insurmountable score. I think they. it's more likely they declare than Australia bowl them out, right? So what do you reckon they'll make then, Jace? Like 500? 500, 490 maybe at the minimum. If, if As long as the Brook and Stokes partnership develops into some century-making runs, you're looking at high 400s, maybe low 500s, if they want to stretch mm-hmm. it out as long as they can and make it insurmountable for the Aussies. But again, then again, it all comes down to when they want to time the, de- the declaration, which I think is going to be the more likely scenario. Uh, either by the end of day three or the start of, uh, end of day three, start of day four, there's mm-hmm. a... Bit of rain forecast for uh, Manchester on Saturday. Can we do enough with uh, <laughs> the rain? Weather? Will assist the Aussies in resulting in a in this test ending in a draw, and that does lead to an Australian retention. But I'm sure there's a, there's going to be a little bit of spirit of cricket and honour going about across both sides, saying you don't want a test ending like that with this high stakes, right, Jerry? Mm. Yeah, well, we want want it to be a fair game, and if we draw this test match through rain, then 
the Poms will be, um, you know, making the rounds talking about Australia not winning <laughs> properly. But, you know, mm. if it rains, it rains. You can't control that. So no. we'll just have to wait and see. All right. Well, that is cricket. And I feel like we do need to play we that little. We need to play it again. Uh, because the, the Aussies need a lift because uh, I, I don't know what's happened. We started off so well and yeah. it's just fallen away. But, we shut uh, down Basball and now it's back and they're rampaging through us. Anyway, all together now. Come on, Aussie, come on. Come on. Come on. Aussie, come on. Hey. All right, when we come back, uh, all things Women's World Cup, some positive stuff to talk about, the Matildas, and some not-so-positive Sam Kerr with her calf injury. That's all up next on the Sports Desk on Sin. You are back on the Sports Desk here on Sin, 90.7 DAB Plus Digital Radio, and on your preferred <laughs> device at syn.org.au. What was the song, Sam? Ah, uh, that was, of course, uh, the Naked and Famous Young Blood, a New Zealand band. So uh, oh, it's good. Uh, are they part of that uh, World Cup soundtrack that we've been playing for the last few weeks? No, but they are a FIFA song, so I guess it kind of realms out. Uh, so, yeah, that little it's in that it's little grey area in there. Um, and uh, of course, we saw uh, the song we've been playing the last couple of weeks too. The uh, a uh, new song by Benny and Mulrat, which they performed at the opening of the FIFA Women's World Cup, which we're going to talk about right now. And it was a great start to the Women's World Cup last night. Uh, first off was New Zealand and Norway. Um, and Wilkinson scored for New Zealand in their first ever World Cup win. Um, and then, of course, we moved on to the Matildas and the opening ceremony at Stadium Australia in Sydney. It was a 1-0 victory for Australian Ireland. A scrappy game, I think. There's just so many nerves, I think. Um, and it's going to take a bit, uh, I think, to get... Um, uh, the, the form and the whole structure, right? It's just a bit chaotic kind of play at the moment, but I think the first couple of group stages are going to be like that. And uh, not great not having Sam Kerr in. Um, it was pretty much a late change. They kept that under wraps. Um, and then, um, so she's not going to be able to play till maybe possibly the Canada game, which is the furthest one away yet. Uh, I think it's about 10 or 12 days. Um, so we've got Nigeria next, but uh, massive game against Ireland. Jerry, did you see it? Yes, I watched the entire game. Steph Catley, cool under pressure with that penalty, Sam. Yes. Uh, no, uh, cool, calm, collected, as you like. Um, uh, but we were kind of lucky, I would say. The the press from Ireland, they're a good side Ireland. They stayed with us um, most of the game. Um, a lot of turnovers. It was just, uh, I don't know, it was the, the play... Uh, and maybe this is just women's football in general because uh, I've not watched uh, too many of the World Cup teams. Uh, but it's it's very open and very counter-attractive. Um, and, uh, well, it's an exciting watch, but we definitely left the door open the last 10 or 15 minutes um, and uh, Ireland were really, really pressing. Uh, the penalty was an interesting one. It was just something... Uh, the player, I can't remember her name, but uh, she she just put hands in the back, and it, it was clear as um, clear as the day goes by. Uh, you can't 
You can't be doing that in the box, putting the hands in the back. Uh, but we've got the audio from the goal here. We'll relive the moment from last night. So 75,000 there, not 80,000, he wasn't quite correct there, but 75,000 at Stadium Australia last night uh, for a massive opening start to the Matildas. Look, I'll be honest, the Matildas weren't quite the same Matildas that I saw play Sweden uh, in a friendly maybe about five or six months ago before they went to England and had a few of those games. Uh, Just seems a bit rattled at the moment. Uh, What was your thoughts on, on them? Yeah, well, I think they lack the leader, Sam. That's the issue. Like, you got Steph Cutley and Caitlin Ford, but the main striker, Sam Kerr, without her, it's such a huge loss because um, Mary Feller, um, she played really well last week against France, but she was very quiet in that game and um, eventually got subbed out tactically for Claire Polkinghorne. But in the midfield, we liked um, watching Katrina Gori go about her business. Um, she had a great game um, battling the Irish number 11, uh, McCabe. That was really good to watch. Um, Rasso uh, off right mid was also really good. Um, I feel like our centre-backs struggled a little bit. Maybe Kennedy against like Fahi because um, off the wing, she was um, really good. And defending corners, I found that a little bit interesting because towards the end, Ireland had about three to four corners. Um, and it wasn't like clear who was um like marking which player if that makes mm, sense Sam yeah. because um Mackenzie the goalie was really struggling there and there wasn't much backup thoughts there no no I, I, I think it was a, a thing that I saw throughout the night that the some players held their positions but it was very fluid like uh especially mm. at the start when you saw the kickoff it looked like a, a NFL starting game they were already <laughs> they were lining up like it an offensive line yeah on the kickoff right there it was to start off to, with a big counter-attack at the start, it was very interesting to see. Um, and then a lot of the times you don't really see the traditional run to the corner and cross it in, as we just see so casually. They almost seem to run it right to the end and almost kind of dribble a line back in, which I think is more, more complicated, requires more skill, uh, which I thought was pretty difficult. Uh, a few people I've been speaking to maybe say that they – could be overcoached. That could be an issue. But uh, look, it's only very early in the World Cup and we grabbed the three points in a tough game. So I think that's a good start for Australia. Uh, we, yeah, next, we'll take it. we next play Nigeria on Thursday, next Thursday at 8pm. And then our third game in the group stage uh, uh, will be... Canada, yep, Monday the 31st of July at 8pm, and that's the one here at Amy Park. Well, interestingly enough, though, Sam, Nigeria have had a player got red carded in their game today. Yes, we're going through that now. They had a nil-nil draw at Amy Park today against Canada, and uh, the red card was (laughs) in the plus eight minutes, uh, plus the 90. So not a great start. And the the eight-minute add-on time. Mm. Oh, wow. And uh, they were a part of the team that played uh, Ireland in that, oh, no, was it them? 
Okay, I'm, I'm probably getting my facts wrong. I did say early, uh, early in the week there was Ooh. a practice game called off, but I'm not sure if it was them or not. No, it was Morocco. Wasn't it? Morocco, they, 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 sorry, apologies. That's the team that were training near where you are, yes, right? Yes, yes. Okay, that's the one. Uh, so, yes, a nil-nil. Uh, Canada had a lot more chances, uh, I think, but uh, couldn't get on the score sheet, so it remains nil-nil um, at Amy Park. That's in our group as well, so I think that's a plus goal difference for us because that's mm. also important as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but also the games uh, today and across the weekend – as we mentioned, so New Zealand had a 1-0 win. We, of course, got a 1-0 win over Republic of Ireland. The draw, as I just mentioned then. Uh, this afternoon, Switzerland defeated Philippines 2-0, uh, a 45-minute penalty from Backman um, and uh, a Serevan Piobil, 64th minute. I apologise in advance for the pronunciation of these names. Um, also coming up... Game ongoing, Spain yeah. v Costa Rica, and they're currently in the sixth minute, it is. No scores as of yet, so keep your eyes out on that. We'll keep you updated throughout the show on that. And then tomorrow, it's 11 a.m. The United States play Vietnam at Eden Park. Uh, we then continue on to uh, Wakiato Stadium in uh, New Zealand. 5 p.m., Zambia versus Japan. England versus Haititi at 7.30 p.m. Brisbane tomorrow night as well. Denmark and China at 10 p.m. in Perth. And then on Sunday, uh, Sweden v. South Africa at 3 p.m. Um, Netherlands and Portugal play 6.30 Sunday night. And France and Jamaica play 8 p.m. And then on Monday, Italy and Argentina, 4 p.m. And uh, Germany and Morocco will begin just after we finish um, the show on Monday. So we've got a plethora of games to get through. Any of those stick out to you, you two? Um, I think I'm just waiting for Australia uh, versus... Um, <laughs> well, I want to see United States because they're one of the favourites here and uh, I feel like... Um, and they've won the last two World Cups, haven't they? Yeah, pretty, pretty dominant side. So I'll keep my eye out on the US and, of course, uh, England as well. Strong favourites as well. So it's going to be an exciting weekend, but well done to Australia. And a record's rating. Uh, I think it was 2.28 million or something. Oh, fantastic. Higher than the AFL Grand Final, apparently, as well. Uh, wow, so okay. massive, massive. We're all uh, getting around it, which is very good to see. Uh, it's an exciting World Cup, and it will be an exciting sports desk on Monday because, Sam and Jerry, if I were you, I would be researching your World Cup history for Monday. <laughs> oh, that's a bit of a teaser there. <laughs> Minute that's Mondays, don't, quiz, don't miss that. Um, and then there was a nice thing, uh, seeing Bruce McAvaney on, on the World Game coverage for the first time. Uh, I, re- I really like That liked... would have been the first time since uh, maybe Tokyo 2021? Yeah, but he's never covered exclusively football. Home games, maybe. Um, so uh, it was very nice to see. Um, so good on him. Uh, and uh, he was saying they were harping a lot back to the moment that happened at Stradium Australia uh, 20 or 20 or so years prior with the 2000 Olympic Games with the massive moment. Uh, Kathy Freeman lighting yes. the cauldron. Yes, and uh, being oh, an inspiration beautiful. to the girls and uh, and then themselves now, Matilda's being inspiration to all young girls uh, around Australia. So we look forward to continuing through the World Cup. Keep your eyes on it across Optus Sport and Channel 7. And then when we come back, well, it doesn't stop here. We're going to continue on with round 19 of the AFL. It is heating up the top eight. 
Ooh, there's so many teams in the balance. Oh, it's exciting. That's all when we come back on the sports desk on your Friday evening on Sin. Oasis on the sports desk, step out. We've got a massive round 19 ahead in the AFL. That was timed all right. Would you expect anything less? Oasis with Sam in it on the show. Yeah, to be <laughs> honest, fantastic. I haven't played him for a while. No, but you can hear him talk about it at length on a podcast we did together <laughs> around Christmas of last year. We did uh, Oasis v Blur, Battle of Brick Pop, Great Metal Standoff. Yeah, well, there you go, sin.org.au. Yeah. <laughs> you can check that if you want. But at it is Standoff Pod. Uh, round 19 and massive, massive games that uh, I don't think there's too many dead rubbers. This is too. Opening up the eight for potentially a lot, and it begins tonight. Marvel Stadium. We are two hours and six minutes away from the bounce. Essendon play Western Bulldogs. Jason, this is the first Friday night game for Essendon all year. It is. It certainly is. That is a factual statement. Sam. Uh, in for Essendon, Andrew Phillips, Nick Cox, out Jai Menzi, Nick Hind, Hind. <laughs> Sam Wiedemann. Oh, we're having a mare today. Western Bulldogs in. Bailey Smith, Ugh. Buku Karmas, Josh Bruce, yeah. Oscar Baker. Out Bailey Williams, James O'Donnell, Lachlan McNeil, uh, Riley Garcia and Sam Darcy. Garcia Jason, I'm going to throw st- straight to you. Why? <laughs> Why? Well, this is your side. It is my side. Your season is hanging by thread in the top eight. Yep. And you know what I said. Bombers don't have any business being in the eight. So, uh, good to have Phils back. And the fact that Brian's holding his place in the side, it's good. we got some alternative Ruckman, which is excellent. Nick Cox being back in the side, hopefully he performs well. Uh, Weedman, I think, was a rightful omission. He hasn't really quite been uh, the threatening forward that he could have been, uh, I guess, when he first signed with the club. Uh, Bailey Smith being back in the side for Western Bulldogs is really lethal because he is one mm. of those lethal. But he, I guess there's been debate whether why he's been put at half forward. Because he normally he does more of his damage in the midfield, and he's been playing like a mix of midfield and forward recently. Yeah, a bit of maybe wing. A bit of wing as well. A few dogs players have had a go on the wing, like Rory Lobb we saw earlier in the year, which is strange Mm -hmm. enough. But uh, uh, I'll let you guys do your tips first. Well, I I don't have much confidence in this game because that midfield with Bontempelli and Libertore and all that and that kind of echelon of play, they could really be a great engine for the Dogs to run through an inexperienced Bombers. I was going to say, Jerry, uh, pressure's on the Bulldogs a bit, so much so uh, the coach has broken his fist by punching a whiteboard during the Sydney game, uh, which was a shock <laughs> loss to them, I think, really? at two points. Yeah, so <laughs> hopefully he needs to cool his jets a little bit. Come Otherwise on, he'll be walking out with no hands. Um, Jerry, pressure's on the Dogs <laughs> a bit after that Sydney game. What, what are your thoughts on them? Yeah, I think it's a must win for both teams, first of all, because the Dogs sit in seventh, Essendon sit in eighth. Um, you got the Dons, you know, they they can easily, they could beat the Dogs, but then when I look at the ins here, you got Bailey Smith in, who he hasn't had the best season, but he's still a high-quality player. Josh Bruce, you know, if they throw him up forward, um, it might give <laughs> Ridley a bit of a problem. So that could be an issue there. Um, and hopefully... With um, also Baker in, that could be crucial. So I reckon dogs comfortably by five goals for me. Wow. Okay. Um, I'll agree. Dogs for me. Yeah, I'm going to say dogs as well. I think this is the last chance for Essendon if they want to stay in because there's too many teams now uh, really riding up the bottom of the eight there and uh, pressure is mounting. 
Um, but uh, to be honest, I'd say you both play decent um, Marvel Stadium. Bit of yep. a battleground for both of you. And yeah, um, have that ground for the next four weeks, actually. Interesting. Okay. Well, that's Friday Night Football. Essendon Western Bulldogs starts off around 19 tonight, two hours and two minutes before the bounce. Tomorrow afternoon, we head straight to um, MCG for Richmond and Hawthorne from 1.45pm. Richmond have named Ryan Mansell out. Hugo Rousmith and Morris Rioli. Hawthorne have named Seamus Mitchell and Fergus Green out and Lloyd Meek. Interesting one, this. Again, Richmond hanging in there as well as one of these preliminary teams. I don't know if they're that dangerous, though, Jerry. Yeah, but, like, Hawthorne, I feel like in patches they play well, but they can't play a full four quarters because they're such a young team still. And with Richmond, the likes of um, Shea Bolton and Martin stepping up, they should be able to get the job done. But in saying that, if Hawthorne do win, it's not surprising for me. But Richmond it is for me by... Probably just four goals, small minded. Richmond don't need a click into fifth gear to beat Hawthorne, and to be perfectly honest, so they should win this one quite comfortably. Yeah, I, I, in saying that, I, I think Hawthorne have been again. We've said this for they've most been underrated of the year. this year. For 16th spot, they've played pretty well. Yeah, uh, I mean, I mean, when, when you look at the points, at 20, uh, they're on 20. Fremantle 28, but then North Melbourne and eight and four. So for West Coasters Eagles as well. So, yeah, decent for what they've done. So they'll give him a fair crack. Um, but uh, Richmond, if again, if they want to be taken seriously, this is what they need to get done and yeah. get past. Uh, 210 Marvel Stadium. Awesome. Carlton play Into West Coast eight. Eagles. Ed Kerno in Josh Honey. Lachlan Cowan and Oliver Hollands out. Adam Chera. Harry Mackay, Jack Martin, Jordan Boyd, and Patrick Cripps. Oh, there's a couple of names here that have changed since Thursday, which is pretty interesting. West Coast Eagles have named Jake Petrotrelli in, out, Jeremy, Jeremy McGovern and Ruben Gin, Ginby. Um, Welcome to the top eight, Sam. <laughs> we're resting a few there. Um, I don't know what Patrick Cripps injured, to be honest. Oh, Apparently it's a minor one. I think there's a headline going around saying nothing serious, don't worry about it. Well, I generally hope because I know Harry. We mentioned Harry Mackay is out for the season, so he's definitely injury. Jack well, Martin there. Uh, we know Jordan Boyd is suspended, so that's why he's out. But uh, a couple of them just being rested. Um, interestingly enough, so I repeat, welcome to the eight, Sam Menhenna. <laughs> what do you think, Sam? Do you well, reckon, oh no, this do you is... they should be rested here, or should they be playing? Well, look, uh, I, I know, uh, and then this happens a lot. It, it gets through. Crips throughout the year gets really sore uh, because he does a lot of grunt work and stuff and it can build up. Uh, and if there is going to be a time to rest a player, there's this is a good time. This is the only time. Uh, and it's good to get some of the young kids back in who ha- have been injured, Lachlan Cowan and uh, Ollie Hollands. Uh, but these few extra names surprised me, I think. Um, so I have to check what actually the injuries are. Maybe you can <laughs> do that for me before we end of the show. Jeez, Sam, don't stress. You'll be in the eight after Saturday. Yeah, I'm confident uh, I'll be playing at the same time, so I won't even be able to watch it. So uh, that's going to be interesting. You see, Jerry, that's the downside of pub footy adventures with Sam <laughs> Manhattan. Uh, so, yeah. <laughs> There's ups and downs. What can I say? Yeah. Blues comfortably, uh, and this will break AFL records if we get five straight over 50 points up there with Geelong in 2008, uh, which is interesting. 
Uh, we move on to Saturday twilight, 4.35pm. Brisbane Lions take on the Geelong Cats. Brisbane Lions have named Kalamachi, Josh Dunkley out, Devon Robinson, Jared Lyons and Zach Bailey. Uh, Geelong have only named the medical sub coming out, which was uh, Mullen. Uh, interesting. Um, Gabba. I mean, the Gabbatoir, this is the home where Lions need to uh, really come out. They've had interesting couple of weeks. I'd, I'd say a good couple of weeks until <laughs> the Melbourne disaster last week. Uh, and then Geelong, they've just shot up out of nowhere. So suddenly I think this is a danger game for Brisbane. Both clubs, it's a danger game, Jerry. Well, this is a top four contending game. With Brisbane, you know, only a few wins ahead of the chasing pack in fifth, which is, you know, leading at Geelong. If Geelong can um, start off really well there, I know, you know, the Gab is a fortress, but you've got Bailey who's been playing really well, who's out injured. Lyons has been dropped and then Dunkley coming back in. So if Danaher, you know, he's been in form against Melbourne in the past few weeks, but if he doesn't fire, they could be in trouble. Yeah. Uh, he's. I've said, I know I've said this before on the show, he's a bit of their barometer. Um uh, although they've had some other goal kickers in recent times, and I think um, um, Gunston's come in and done all right. Uh, Hipwood's finally hitting some form. Um, and then how can we forget about Charlie Cameron? So, uh, look, I'm going to take the, the Lions at home, I think. It's just going to be strong, but I think it's going to be a cracking game. It's a shame it's at twilight. I think we're looking at a tight contest here. Uh, Brisbane for me, but I don't think it, there's going to be anywhere more than two kicks in it. Yep. Okay. Jerry, did, what, did you have a tip? Brisbane for you. Okay. Uh, Fremantle and Sydney Swans, the other Saturday night. Game 7.40pm at Optus Stadium. Fremantle named Caleb Sarong, Hayden Young, Josh Corbett, Michael Frederick, out Bailey Banfield, Brandon Walker, James Aish, Nathan O'Driscoll, Sean Darcy. Uh, Sydney Swans have named Chad Warner. Jake Lloyd out, Corey Warner, Lewis uh, Malikin and Ryan Clark. Interesting one here. Fremantle kind of dropped away. Sydney not have a great game either. So if there is going to be an any kind of Let's dead Let's call rubber. a spade a spade, Sam. Watching Fremantle's form is like watching stock prices plummet. <laughs> okay. Um, and I did say there was not too many dead rubbers, but I think this is probably one of them. Uh, Sydney will still win. And they'll yeah. still look a bit threatening to anyone who sits at 8th, 9th and 10th and that. Yeah, Fremantle, I think, going to continue to plummet. Jerry? I reckon Freo will win. Freo? Oh, okay, why is that, Jerry? <laughs> <laughs> Go on. Well, Sarong's been playing well in the midfield. He's probably going to win their best in Ferris this year. And then you got Frederick, who I like watching playing in the forward line. Adds a bit of that spark with the small forwards. Um the only issue here is Lloyd is coming back in, who's a barometer for Sydney, um, and also Warner as well. So, but Frio play really well at Optus, and Sydney away, just, you know, they can't really well, they play. Well, they haven't. So, too I think Frio may win by a slight margin. Frio haven't won too much in uh, at Optus <laughs> in recent times. All right, Carlton fan. <laughs> I'm just saying. Sydney, mate. I've got the chicken in um, hand, Sam. I want to hand it over to you. Yeah, what do I, you say to I that? I will give you something, Jerry. Sydney have not been the greatest either. So they're sitting uh, next 15th and 14th. So maybe could go either way. All right, Jerry. Uh, the other Saturday night game. Wow, massive game here. Top of the table, Clash 1 and 2. Port Adelaide and Collingwood at Adelaide Oval. Um, Port Adelaide... <laughs> Charlie Dixon comes back in with Francis Evan, Jason Horn, francis Trent McKenzie, Willie Rioli, out Darcy Byrne-Jones, Dylan Williams, 
Jackson Mead, Jay Spurgoin, Ollie Lord, Tom Jonas out. They dropped the captain again. How's that? Mm. Jonas getting dropped again. <laughs> My gosh. He's done, I reckon. Collingwood, Brody Mychek in, Darcy Cameron out, Ash Johnson, Billy Frampton, and Oleg Markov. This is suddenly a very interesting game um, after Port finally hit the halt on their 14-game uh, streak. And uh, Collingwood just clocking the wins away, and they're, they're now starting to get very cocky. Uh, I heard Braden Maynard um, come out and put a threatening message to Port Adelaide, uh, I think post-match at the Fremantle game <laughs> last week. So it's really starting to fire up. Uh, Adelaide Oval, though, um, Collingwood have done all right there uh, this year. I don't think they've lost there. No. Uh, they played Adelaide mm-hmm. at the Adelaide Oval, and they won by a point. Uh, and then Gather Round, I think, would have been the last mm. time they played there, and that would have been a very comfortable win for them, other than the One wise. by a goal against St Kilda. One by a goal against St Kilda. Thank you very much, Jerry. Uh, Jerry, why on earth did they have to bring all those players back for this game against Collingwood and not against Carlton? Goodness me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, true. But, like, I feel Horn Francis had a slight niggle there and also Dixon. They wanted to save it for probably the bigger clash, maybe. And they misrepresented <laughs> well, what a big clash was, right didn't now. they? I think even if they were in the side, they wouldn't yeah. touch the sides. My prediction is still, <laughs> yeah, but- you never predict against Collingwood. My tip is Collingwood. All right, we're going to quickly fly through these. So yeah, I, I think... Um, sorry, what? Go Collingwood. Collingwood, okay. Um, I think after that performance against Carlton, yeah. Yeah, I'm going to say Collingwood, but it could be a wake-up call. Sometimes you get complacent in those big long runs, oh, yeah. especially late in them. So uh, maybe still cheer it, was, for Port Adelaide. it was a nice kind of wake-up call for them that they needed to take on the ladder leaders, but that's definitely going to be a game to not miss Saturday night. Sunday we move on to now quickly. GWS take on the Giants. GWS uh, take on Gold Coast, sorry, Sam. Sorry, close. Close. Uh, Finn Callahan comes in <laughs> for the Giants. Nick Haynes out. Jacob Weir, Jesse Hogan, and Josh Fahey. Uh, Gold Coast Suns uh, have already named the sub coming out. Braden Florini. Uh, Giants on the march here. I think um, they're just going to keep rolling on. Let's turn this heat up. Let's go, Giants. Jerry? Yeah, Giants for me. Oh, he's, he's in a daze there. <laughs> We're in a rush and he's looking away. Okay. Melbourne and Adelaide Crows, MCG, Sunday afternoon. Uh, Crows trying to find a fight for a position in the eight and then uh, uh, the opposite mounting for a top four, Melbourne. Uh, but I think Melbourne going to be too strong at the G. Uh, it's a mildly interesting game. Jerry, do you think Adelaide have a chance on the G? They've just been playing horrible footy, though. That's the issue. I mean, you got Tomlinson coming in um, for Petty and Grundy back in after that um, VFL scare. And um, with Adelaide, Laird has had an amazing season in midfield with um, Dawson, the likes of Keys, and he's gone. So I reckon that's your game right there. So Melbourne comfortably. Right. I'll go D's again, but I think it'll be more competitive this time with the Crows. Yeah, I think they really need to pull yeah. their finger out if it's- they want to. Um, no, not had a couple of great weeks after especially such a big time, start to the year. Yeah, especially last time when they were at the G, they came back close to being the Pies. So I don't think it's going to be too much of a scare. Last game of the round, St Kilda versus North Melbourne. I think North have half a sniff here. I really I do. agree. Uh, Ratten facing his old side, and then especially after all the talk this week uh, with <laughs> St Kilda, it's been interesting. Uh, Jerry, North, have they got a sniff? 
after a deplorable week last yes, week. Yes, I'll be there with Liam. So I think um, North will be very competitive here. I'm interested to see Hanson Jr. He plays like Lindsay Thomas, um, the former North small forward. He might debut um, coming as a mid-season draft pick. So watch the space there. You got Phillips coming in um, and Greenwood as well. Goldie back in. That's good. Um, Billings for the Saints is huge and Higgins as well. So like for likes in, we've got the Bulls, Zerha out and Wardlaw though. So a few outs and ins. Um, I reckon St. Kilda just, but it won't be by a lot. Okay, Jerry, I'm going to cheer for the Roos, but the Saints will win. That is round 19 of the AFL. Oh, exciting and stuff to get through. was the sports desk. Yep, definitely. We got a lot through uh, today. Keep up to date with us on social media, Sports Desk Sin. Thank you very much. Good luck, Jerry, with your running <laughs> tomorrow. Um, we'll see you next week. Thanks, mate. On Jeez. Monday, 5 p.m., Women's World Cup, Ashes, AFL. Get amongst it. It's going to be a big weekend on sports. We'll see you next week. Catch us at the sports desk. Sin.org.au For all your news, reviews and previews this AFL season, listen to the Sports Desk. Live Fridays and Mondays 5pm on Sin, 90.7 FM and on syn.org.au